that's a lot of power. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of power for one person. And I was only selected for you, only the high, the higher ups, you know, had access to that power to, to be able to do something that was really humiliating. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. Ah, okay. So it goes back to, for me, (laughs) the company. And there's a blueprint. There's a blueprint. There's a mission statement. There's a blueprint, right? You really have to make sure that you have to deprogram in order to reprogram. So coming in, there was this whole process of deprogramming the individual, if you will, to break them down, to to build them back up. So you were isolated from the life you once knew. Your friends or family were discouraged from remaining in touch with them because they were not where you're going, Mm. right? And you don't want to be, you know, sidetracked. So when we talk about the system, there was a particular formula from, and I know that we may mention to it, the first stage is the baby Christians and, you know, so on and so forth. So the blueprint was already, it's already laid out. It's already laid out. Everyone knows their roles. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we talk mm-hmm. about systemic programming, there's stages, there's steps and stages along the process so much that you can um, start out as a baby Christian and then you're seen as this hero in the faith. Right. So-and-so has like basically like these years <laughs> under their belt. Right. Like they're mature Christian. Um, because maybe they've memorized, they were the best at memorizing the most scriptures. Maybe they knew how to play the game. Um, maybe they knew exactly who to talk to. The language, they learned the program. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you learn the program, it's easy to play the game, right? Mm-hmm. When you know the, when you know all of the, the calls, like you will, yeah, if you, yeah. <laughs> right? So that's what, we, you know, and that's what happens. So eventually when you reach a certain stage in the program, there's not much they have to do. No. Right. Plug and play. Yeah, that's it. Because we already know, we already know the calls. We already know. So when we talk about the programming systemically, um, that's pretty much what it is, and that takes a lot to really take away. Um, yeah. You, you know, as as you're describing that, um, I go back to a conversation that I had with a uh, a, a person who left the church recently, mm-hmm. and by recently I mean two years ago. Oh wow! Right, and. This person and I, we were speaking, and and they showed me a picture mm-hmm. of their church ministry mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm-hmm. And, and said, oh, yeah, that's me on the left. And I'm looking at the picture. I said, okay, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I could identify who's who in that picture. Ah. And I didn't know these people. This was in a totally different area. This is, this is remember, I left 2004. Ah. But I'm looking at this picture from 2017, 2018, mm. and I'm like, I can tell you who's who in that picture. She's yeah. like, no, you can't. I'm like, all right. So I'm looking at the picture. I was like, okay, homie on the, the upper right-hand corner with the blue shirt. Mm. That's a spiritual guy, isn't he? Ooh. And she's like, oh, my God, how'd you know? And then I'm looking at the picture some more. I was like, mm. the young lady sitting down to the left with the blue pants. Mm. She's the struggler, right? Mm. 
and this woman is in dis. She's like, "How do you know?" Wow, wow, wow. And then I go, "Yeah." And home, home juice in the middle mm. with the bow tie. Mm. That's the leader, right? <laughs> she's like, no. Wow. In disbelief. Mm. And she goes, how do you know that? I said, no, it's not a special talent. Mm. It's just that this church is a play. Mm. And, you and there are different it. characters in this play. Mm. Mm-hmm. And different actors always play those different roles. Right? It doesn't matter who. Plug and play. Mm. I could go watch Hamilton right now. Hey. Lin-Manuel Miranda is mm-hmm. not there. But I know who Hamilton is. Wow, 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 wow. Right? Right. So as you're saying this whole systemic thing, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we were all easily replaced and we were replaceable and we all had a, a role to play in so this. The same characters, different cast. That's what it is. Wow, Same, yes. characters, same different characters, yes. different cast members. Well said. Wow. Well said. You know, yes. you do have a theater background, don't you? <laughs> oh, my. I do love a good show. <laughs> okay. So... I want to go to, I want to, I want to paint the picture here and and I want to discuss you leaving the church Mm. and I hope that's okay. Yes. In 2003, the Henry Crete letter, uh, 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 came out or it was dropped, whatever words you want to use, excuse me. And it took the church by storm. Mm. You didn't know that because Mm. you were a baby Christian. Right. You had just gotten baptized. Right. And you were shielded from yes. this controversy. Yes. Right? As yeah. mom and dad were divorcing right. or fighting, right. they had to shield you. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> in season two, we've attempted to describe the letter and its impact mm-hmm. in the first few episodes of season two. Mm-hmm. Now, the long story short is that the church was, at the time, the church was forced to change some of its policies and strategies. Mm-hmm. They eased up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They became a bit more relaxed, mm. not because they wanted to, mm. but it was because membership dropped mm. and people stopped giving money. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now money talks mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden these leaders are nice to us mm-hmm. before they weren't. Mm-hmm. Right. Now they're nice mm. because that money isn't coming in anymore. Right. Not that they were making millions of dollars, right. but- their income has now stopped. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to try to get to know you. Where before they there was wow. they walk right by. Right, mm-hmm. right. Now <laughs> now we have their attention. Right, right. Wow. And and so, so like I said, so the church seemed to have you know changed some of its practices. Now, with that being said, quite the contrary, there was some that dug their heels deeper into the sand mm-hmm. and wanted to make no changes whatsoever. And just wanted things to be the way that they were. Mm-hmm. One of the things that happened during this time after the letter, as people were relaxed mm-hmm. and leadership tried to corral everybody back mm-hmm. in, they introduced a new tactic that I had never seen before mm-hmm. during my time in mm-hmm. the church, where they were calling out people's sin. There was an instance, and I know this instance, as it was told to me. There was a woman in the church, uh, I'm not going to say the city or or where, but there was a woman in the church who was having sex outside of marriage. I'm not going to argue if that's harmless or not. I'm not. But I'm just saying that's what happened. And so on a Sunday service, and Sunday service is when you get the most people, a few hundred, 
And depending on what city you're in, maybe a few thousand. On a Sunday service, the preacher got up, the evangelist got up and spoke and started talking about the sin of sexual immorality Mm. in an indirect way. Mm. And as he's talking, he then mentions the woman's name. Wow, wow, wow. And says to her, you're no longer allowed to be here. Wow. And kicks her out. Like in front of everybody. In front of everyone. Wow. The woman gets up. And walks out, mm. visibly shaken. Mm. Her son was in attendance. Wow. Oh, boy. But he left. I'm not going to argue with anyone about whether they believe that's a sin or not. I, To me, that's irrelevant. Mm. It's, the, it's the control tactic. It's mm. the fear tactic in mm. doing such a thing to make an example of someone mm-hmm. in front of everybody right. so that you wouldn't dare. Right. Engage in such behavior. Because they believe, and I'm talking about the leadership, they really believe that they are ordained by God and really believe that they speak for God as Mm -hmm. if God needs them. Mm -hmm. The fuck out of here. God don't need your dumb ass. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. My bad. (laughs) My bad. Let me stop. I'm sorry. This is about you, Tammy. So, Tammy, when you got kicked out of the church... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was exactly like that, but it was similar. Mm. Can you please talk us through that? <laughs> wow. I just, I want to go back a little bit because, again, listening to previous episodes, just just speaking to, before I go into that, just speaking to the, the comment that you made in regards to the story, that's a lot of power. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of power for one person. And I was only selected for you, only the high, the higher ups, you know, had access to that power to, to be able to do something that was really humiliating. Um, and access to that information. Right, right, right. Um, the generation now says, you know, you put her on front street, you put her on blast, you know, something like that is really traumatizing. But that just goes to show you the the level of power that they had. And I want to connect that to what Elena may mention to at one time about the whip, the slave master. Well, you remember that. Oh, yes. Crack the whip. That's a throwback episode. Listen, that's Look at you. Really the whip. Because I said that you, it, that's what it was. Step out of line, one toe. That's it. Oh, you heard my <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> that was it. In a way, psychologically, they released the whip on her that day. Why? To show the other slaves that this is not okay. You didn't and like it worked. That? And it worked for a lot of people. It's like, oh, no. You stood in line. You stood in line. Yep. Wasn't nobody else going, do you want to do that? Nope. Do you want that to happen to you? And guess nope. what? I don't care that your son is here. Just to go to show nope. you, that means nothing. Right? Now, when we think about it from what we were taught, I don't know. I, I doubt that that would be something that the idea of Jesus Christ would do publicly to shame and embarrass, you know, right? You know, Because it seems the only people that Jesus Christ did this to, and we were disciples of Jesus, it seems the only people he did this to were their religious leaders. Mm. Right. Hmm. When you when you read the Bible, there was really no mention of Jesus ever All these Pharisees out there that we talking about. <laughs> right? There was there was no mention of him doing that to, to 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 regular folk. It always seemed to me, in reading the scriptures, that he just demonstrated a certain compassion with people and a level of grace. Right. 
So when he was mad, it was always mad at religious institutions. Wow. Right. Yeah. Because people like to say, no, nah, man, Jesus was, you know, he got mad and stuff, man. Remember, he, he tossed the tables. Right. Tossed the tables where? Ex- in your damn house? Yeah. No. <laughs> right. No. Right. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Continue. So uh, for me, when, when, well, just for the listeners, I started dating someone when I was actually, but before I met someone and the idea for women for us a little bit was you never know. He may be out there and you can bring him in, mm-hmm. right? You can mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. bring him in and, and let God soften his heart and mm-hmm. God will change his heart, you yep. know, because I, I, for me, I dated, I dated maybe twice um, to what the, the system has dating to be. Yeah. And um, again, so many things are coming up. Elena mentioned the the cast and the characters and the cast and the characters, which means that you have to play parts. Mm-hmm. So at what time do you stop playing your part? And when do you come out of character? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so for me, wow. it mm-hmm. was it was this character that I put on. So when I was there, I was in character. Right. I was really... You know, Tammy, wow. you, you really <laughs> put something in my mind now wow. because maybe that's why some people got mad at mm-hmm. other people. Maybe that's yeah, why they stepped out of character. That's right. Because to struggle meant that you were not playing your role. Right. That's what it meant. Ooh. All right, people, breaking news right here. <laughs> That's right. Breaking news. Wow. We just defined mm. what the struggler meant. <laughs> the struggler meant you were not playing your role. You broke character. How dare ye? Mm-hmm. Please. Because the show must go on. Right. When you step out of the plan... Right. You have to be there. There's there's guidelines. All of this is actually all laid out. Again, we talk about the blueprint. We talk about mm-hmm. the programming. And, you know, I felt like I was just going through the motions every day. I read everything was laid out. You knew what my Mondays were like mm-hmm. you knew because as we talked about the studies and you want to plan your week ahead of how many people, you know, when you have D group discipling group, you know, how many people did you have? So it was really broken down when we talk about that. And I felt like in the beginning, again, I can speak to anybody and that's just my character. I feel like I just, I, I can just speak to anybody and just listen empathetically um, to anybody. And, and in the beginning, that's what it was. When I came in, I was just kind of like trying to get into everything. And there was a time when I was assigned to the team ministry. And that's when I really got the opportunity to work in the lives of, of the youth, you know, and just really hear them. And a lot of times their parents weren't listening. Mm-hmm. My son won't listen to me. My daughter won't listen to me. And I said, that's the problem in my head. But again, I didn't have the skills and expertise at that time Mm -hmm. to really say, you know, and then again, I didn't have children myself. So wait a minute. Did I have any room to say, you know, these were older, Mm. supposedly Christian children, you know, more mature. So I just felt like, wait a minute. So for me, when I was assigned me, I felt, and, and it wasn't sort of like, is this something that you want to do? It was like the, the ministry needs this. So again, guilt played a huge part on the psyche of so many people, you know? So I just felt like, well, obligated. Well, shoot, I don't want to, you know, wouldn't be the influence. Wouldn't it be a good idea or you can help out or this is where you can serve or this is your strength. Mm-hmm. And even though I felt like, well, maybe this wasn't my strength. It was then because the influence, well, maybe I can grow and maybe God can use me, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. when we think about mm-hmm. the manipulation, Mm -hmm. as we spoke about again and again I started to think about that but going into you know just how it came to along my journey when I was uh in graduate school and I was seeing someone at the time I was actually I invited him he started studying the bible 
And because in my mind, I was like, well, shoot, I like him. He likes me. We like spending time together. And we had to really be mindful because people started to watch and see that he would come out and that we would spend time. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to really, really think about that. So for about a year, I decided I'm not going to give him my little side hug, you know, the little side hug. I decided I'm not going to give him that side hug because I knew that I was attracted to this person and I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be mm-hmm. very, I didn't want it to be uh, clear, muddled in regards to my role. You know, I didn't want him to think that I was this chick that, so I was like, you know, so I made sure, now he would come out, he would come to Bible talk, he would come to different events and he would hug other sisters and that side hug and I'd be sure not, but even though, you know, (laughs) but eventually we we started spending more time together and, um, yeah, with just the time that we spent together came to a point that we were intimate, um, in our relationship and it got back to the leaders of the organization. It it should be noted, it should be noted that. Um, the, the church that we were a part of really claimed to adhere to the Bible strictly. Right. And while there might be other churches that might be a bit more lenient towards sexual activity mm-hmm. of its members, mm-hmm. this church wasn't, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that as a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just speaking it as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that those who are listening who may not be familiar with this church, I, I want you to know the parameters in which we were operating. Go on. Yeah. That's interesting you you brought that up. Um, Because traditionally, yeah, when you think about some churches, they operate different. Their program operates Mm -hmm. different, right? So this particular organization, they catered to some people. So there might have been sin that was probably revealed. Mm -hmm. And when I mean sin, maybe such what they consider sexual immorality, but they handled those particular individuals differently. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something right now. <laughs> I might edit this part, but I'm just going to say it for the. I'm just going to say it for the sake of keeping the conversation going. I was in I was in Lower Manhattan, mm. and back then I was black, and I'm still black now. Just one of the people to know that in case in case you didn't know. So. The school that I was at, we were all predominantly mm-hmm. black and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Minorities. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was this guy who was, he was part of our school and he was white. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't part of our campus ministry, mm-hmm. even though he went to the school. And he was also in the ministry. And he was also popular charismatic Mm. and people really liked him Mm -hmm. good looking guy Mm -hmm. and i remember him telling me that he fell into some sin Mm. he said he went on a three-day drug binge wow he did every drug in the world for those three days, and he was just passed out, high as a kite. And I was like, wow. And he said the leader spoke to him and all this other stuff, blah, 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 all that stuff. <sighs> a year later, two years later, he was back in leadership. Hmm. If that was my black ass, hmm. you would have been out. They would have kicked me out. As a matter of fact, hmm. they kicked me out for being moody. Hmm. And your understudy ah, came in wow. to take your place. My understudy mm. came and took my place. Next time on 
the reclamation. If you don't mind your business, you know, <laughs> you know, if you don't mind your business and get out of here. Is this person, how much is this person going to cost the organization if we lose them? As a result of this particular behavior, I felt conflicted because part of me felt like this was my environment for a decade. 